Welcome to Equip This Church Dunedin. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Desiree Levy. For more information, check out equipthischurch.com. God is good and worthy to be praised. He is mighty in this place. Before you take your seat, can we pray together? Can we invite the Holy Spirit into this moment? Mighty God, I'm so incredibly thankful that we get to be here tonight and that you want to meet with us. God, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would do a deep and a lasting work in the hearts of your people tonight that we would have an encounter with you that truly puts our world back into the spin, into the path, into the direction that you have for us, that we would be reminded of hope and of faith and of love, that you would right any wrongs, that you would heal, that you would minister, that you would truly just pour out your love over and over and over. We're so thankful so incredibly thankful, Holy God. You bend down to listen as we pray. You bottle every single one of our tears. You have plans and purposes that we are yet to walk into. I declare your sovereignty. I declare your love. I declare your grace over every single person. Do what only you can do tonight, I pray, God. Amen. 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 Well, you may be seated. Thank you, team. You are gold. Thank you for ushering us into his presence tonight. Um, So I've got a word on my heart um, tonight that I am excited to share that's been bubbling for quite a few weeks. And um, it's really, I'm hoping that it's really going to capture your attention. And I guess before I start, I wonder if there's something that you could think of right now. What are you holding is there anything in your hands right now? Is there anything that you've, you've got right in the middle of your hand? Is it ordinary? Is it normal? Is it something that you have there quite often? I see coffee, yes. <laughs> I see water bottles. I see a cell phone, yes. You know, we hold a lot of things in our hands. And um, tonight I'm here to tell you about something pretty spectacular that you hold in your hand. You hold miracles in your hand. And I'm here tonight to tell you that the ordinary, everyday things that you take for granted sometimes, that I take for granted sometimes, can be vessels when they're surrendered before God. And he wants to use ordinary things in the hands of ordinary people to do pretty miraculous things. There is a miracle in your hand tonight. And my only job, my only job tonight is to remind you there is greatness within you. God has something uniquely in store for you if you just open up your hand and open up your heart tonight. See what he can do. Um, There's a quote that I wanted to start with. I actually was on a plane recently, or it was actually a few years ago, this one, but um, I am back on planes now, which is, you know, I don't know, I kind of got used to not traveling up to Auckland for all those meetings, and um, now I'm back doing that. But um, this Air New Zealand magazine, you know, the one that changes every month, I'm always really excited when I get in there on the first of the month and the magazine's changed. Um, But it beckoned me in, and I read this amazing quote, and I think it was a quote from a movie, but tonight I think it's a quote from heaven. Um, that there's something that we can learn from this. I am eyes open all the time, learning and listening, and I'll take anything that's in front of me and see what God wants to say. And um, this was the quote, and I think we've got it um, to come up on the screens. Great ambition and conquest without contribution will be without significance. What will your contribution be? It is my prayer that we would all be people who are inspired by God 
to recognize that we have greatness within us, placed there by the creator of the universe. And if we would just contribute our unique gift, something miraculous might bust forth. Romans 12, verses 1 to 2. Here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out in you and develops well-formed maturity in you. The title of my message tonight is The Miracle is in Your Hands. And the big idea is that we would be inspired to take our ordinary lives and surrender them to a not ordinary God and just see what might bust forth. Just see what miracle might erupt out of our lives. The providential hand of God over your ordinary is something miraculous. I'm going to unpack four stories from the Bible and remind us and encourage us that in the ordinary, boring things, sometimes miracles can be found. And I could have chosen many, many stories. Right now, can you think of anything kind of ordinary? Bread and fish, stones, slingshot. Ordinary things in the hands of ordinary people surrendered to a not ordinary God. Pretty phenomenal. Miracles bust forth in that place. And I want to bring a few different things to your attention tonight. Things like a fishing net, a tree, a hammer, some flour for baking, and a water bottle. Ordinary things contributed surrendered, sacrificed, offered up, and a miracle took place. I guess if I was to ask you one question, and I've already asked you about 30, what can you partner with God on? What is in your hand? What are you already the owner of that you can partner with God and believe for a miracle? Sometimes we are so busy looking outside of ourselves for someone who might have more or something that is bigger or greater. What have you got? What has God already placed in your hand? Who can you reach? What conversation can you have? What relationship is uniquely yours? What skill? What talent? What's in your hand? So firstly, I want to talk about the disciples and in particular Peter. Um, from John 21, and I'm going to read us the story. Afterwards, Jesus appeared again to his disciples, and it happened this way. Simon Peter and Thomas and Nathaniel and the two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them, and they said, well, we'll go with you. <laughs> so they went out, they got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize it was Jesus. He called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. And he said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. And when they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. And as soon as Simon Peter heard him say that, he wrapped his outer garment around him and he jumped in the water and he swam ashore. 
the other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from shore, about a hundred yards. When they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. And Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish you've just caught. Simon Peter climbed aboard, dragged the net ashore, and it was full of large fish, 153. But even with so many, the net was not torn. This passage of scripture is um, beautiful, wonderful, really personal. Um, I've actually, Willie and I have actually been to Israel and we've sat at the same place, the same, same beach, supposedly. Um, and Will, there was a little fire there that we sat around. And um, you know, it's a really personal encounter that Jesus is having with his disciples because they were a little bit upset at this moment. So they'd just been living, walking, doing life with Jesus for three years and he's just died. And they thought that was the end. And they're all a bit at a loss. And Simon Peter says, well, I'm going to go fishing. And, you know, in that minute, what he was actually doing was reverting to what he knew how to do. That was his normal thing. That was what was in his hand. That was what he had been trained and practiced in was fishing. So he did the thing that he knew how to do when he was a bit upset. He used what was in his hand. And it was right there that Jesus met with him. Right there. Doing the thing that he knows how to do and doing it, not catching any fish, but doing it. And that's where Jesus met him. What do you do when you're feeling a bit uncertain or a bit unsure? What is in your hands? Could you do what you know how to do? Get back there and do it and expect Jesus to meet with you. If you've got no other plan, <laughs> could you do what you've been made to do? Could you do what you've been created to do? Could you go back to the thing? Maybe the first time you encountered the love of Jesus. Maybe the first minute, go back to a location where you really had a personal encounter with him. What is in your hands? What could you do? You know, Annette um, brings up a lot of pictures for me. I'm not really a fisher person, um, but... <laughs> A net is like this big contraption that catches things. And I wonder if, like, you know, in this picture, taking a little bit of liberty, we could imagine that the net is like the giant arms of God, and he's just saying, I just want to catch a few people in. I want to wrap a few people in. Miracles found when you just do what you're created to do. Miracles. The miracle is in your hands. Um, secondly, my second story is um, Deborah and Yael from the Old Testament. And um, I love these girls. Ugh. <laughs> Grit. Um, Old Testament female heroes whose actions brought peace to the nation of Israel for a number of years. And I'll give you a little bit of context and then I'll tell you their story. There's God's chosen people, the Israelites, and they're fighting against the Canaanites. And the Canaanite army had this chief called Sisera. And for 22 years, he had antagonized the children of Israel. And during this time, God had anointed this woman, Deborah, to be a judge in Israel. People would come to her with their problems, with their concerns, and she would render a judgment for them. And she did this sitting under a tree. And she was the fourth out of 13 judges, and she was the only woman who was ever given that responsibility. And one day... She prophesied to the commander of the Israelite armies, get out there and fight this guy. God has given you victory. 
And, she, and he said to her, I'll go, but only if you come with me. And she said, okay, done. In that moment, she took her place, she stood up, she used what she had, the influence that she had, the conversations that she'd been having with people, and she took her place. And in doing so, she was able to mobilize a whole army to go and fight on their behalf. They entered battle, and God caused the Israelites to have the advantage. And so then Sisera flees. He runs as fast as he can. And he actually goes all the way to this place that he thought he was going to receive shelter and to be hidden. He went to the tent, the village of tents. Someone by the name of Heba was meant to be there who was kind of an Israelite but kind of favored the enemy. Bit of a fence sitter. But actually when he came there, he didn't find him. Instead, he was greeted by his wife. And let's pick it up in Judges 4, verse 19. This is Sisera, and he said to her, can you give me a little bit of water because I am thirsty? So she opened a jug of milk, and she gave him a drink, and she covered him. And he said to her, stand at the door of the tent, and if any man comes and inquires of you and says, is there any man here, you shall say no. And then Yael, Heba's wife, took a tent peg and a hammer in her hand and went softly to him and drove the tent peg into his temple, and it went down into the ground, for he was fast asleep and weary, and so he died. After this victory, I know that that's how the Bible wrote it. I'm just reading it. After this victory, Israel had peace in the land for 40 years. I bet you that she didn't wake up that day thinking, this tent peg's going to save me today. <laughs> she did not wake up in the morning and think, this ordinary thing that I use every single day when we're moving around in our tents is going to be the very thing that I'm going to use to kill the enemy so that we can have peace in this land. Too often we are overlooking ordinary greatness that is within us. She was minding her own business. She wasn't on the hunt for any activity that day. She wasn't going out there saying, come on, come to my tent. She was minding her own business, going about the thing that she was meant to do for the day, tasked with whatever it was. And, the, and God brought an opportunity across her path. And she used what she had. She was very skilled in that hammer and that tent peg. And she used it. It wasn't by accident. She knew how much force was needed. She was doing this day in, day out, pitching the tent, doing the hammer thing. She knew how to use that ordinary instrument to bring about a pretty miraculous result. She didn't miss the opportunity either. She seized it. When it came across her path, she was awake she was ready. She was on the alert. Have you ever missed an opportunity? I've definitely missed a few in my life. <laughs> Probably the ones that hurt the most when I have missed an opportunity to express kindness or love or concern or encouragement to another person. Don't let them walk you by anymore. <laughs> Don't let those opportunities pass you by anymore. You could be the very vessel that God wants to use on that day to bring a miracle to somebody else's life. God breaks in on ordinary. God loves us to surrender the things. The very way that we have made, he has made us, surrendered to him, can be a vessel for miracles. Deborah took her place. And in doing so, she activated a whole army. And Yael didn't let the opportunity go by 
to use an ordinary thing in her possession to see this miracle bust forth for her nation. There's another woman in the Bible, the woman of Zarephath, in the time of Elijah. And um, she's pretty amazing. I think probably most of the people in the Bible are pretty amazing when they read their stories. But let's pick this one up in 1 Kings 17. So the Lord said to Elijah, Go and live in the village of Zarephath near the city of Sidon. I have instructed a widow there to feed you. Just so you know, where, he, where God told Elijah to go, middle of enemy territory. <laughs> Wasn't going on a nice holiday to Link Wanaka. No, middle of enemy territory. Go there, someone will feed you. So he went to Zarephath, and as he arrived at the gates of the village, he saw a widow gathering sticks, and he asked her, would you please bring me a little water and a cup? As she was going to get it, he called to her, bring me a bite of bread too. But she said, I swear by the Lord your God that I don't have a single piece of bread in the house, and I only have this handful of flour left in a jar and a little cooking oil in the bottom of a jug. I was just gathering a few sticks to cook this last meal, and then my son and I will die. But Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go ahead and do just what you've said, but make me a little bread first. Then use what's left to prepare a meal for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. There will always be flour and olive oil left in your containers until the time when the Lord sends rain and the crops grow again. So she did as Elijah said, and she and Elijah and her family continued to eat for many days. There was always enough flour and olive oil left in the containers, just as the Lord had promised through Elijah. This woman was in pretty dire situation, and she only had this tiny bit of flour and this tiny bit of olive oil. How often do we think, what I've got isn't enough? How often do we think that, oh, I couldn't possibly make a difference in this moment? You know, I couldn't possibly speak a word of truth that would just bring light to this situation in this moment. Or I couldn't possibly just offer up this gift or this kind deed or this word. Too often, we push aside the possibility for miracle because we're undermining it. We're saying, this is never going to be enough. I haven't got enough. This woman only had enough for one meal, and she gave it anyway. And then... Days, months, kept the prophet alive, the miracle and the offering. One of my um, favorite words of encouragement in my whole life to this point came from a, um, an older female, a mentor-type person in my life who um, has been in ministry for a lot longer than me. And um, she encouraged me one time when I was knee-deep in a season that didn't look that great. So I was knee-deep in a drought season of my own. And um, she said to me, hey, Desiree, it's the season in the spirit that matters more than the season in the natural. And I have never forgotten those words. Whatever you're facing, whatever your natural circumstances look like, keep your spirit ready. Keep your heart ready. Stay on alert, looking out for the miracle in the moment. Don't allow the natural that you find yourself in to be the determiner of how it outworks and how it outplays. Give it up anyway. Serve it up anyway. Deliver it. Love. Give it all. See what happens. Be generous with your heart and watch what God will do. Her offering kept the prophet alive. I think that she was alive and well on the inside. Deep in enemy territory, she knew God. 
And when the prophet spoke that word to her, it resonated. And she was like, I can believe. I've got confidence in God. She, told, she showed us what it takes to be kind, even when you're facing hard circumstances. In the midst of her own lack and suffering and fear, she was still able to give. Proverbs 11, verse 25, says that a generous person will prosper, and whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. Something that this woman teaches me is that when I want to withdraw, hold it in, keep it for myself, whatever it is, I need to push out instead. I need to go against the natural, and I need to give. I need to give of my time, my heart, my energy, my love, my world. <laughs> Don't pull in. Don't retreat. And that just because the natural looks a certain way, keep your spirit alive and push out in the spirit. Never underestimate what that simple act of generosity might do for somebody else's world. And my last story, my final story for today, is found in John 4. And it's the woman at the well. Or if we'd like to think about it today, perhaps she was at the water cooler at work. <laughs> it's pretty ordinary. This was ordinary for them. We don't have wells anymore, praise Jesus. But we do have the water cooler. <laughs> Jesus was returning to Galilee and he had to walk through Samaria on the way. And he comes to this well and he sits down. And a Samaritan woman came to get water like she did every day. And he asked her for a drink. And they have this very real conversation. Bit weird, but real. And Jesus reveals things about her past to her. They talk about worship. They talk about faith. And in the end, Jesus reveals himself to her. Let's pick it up in verse 26, John 4. Verse 26, then Jesus told her, I am the Messiah. And just then his disciples came back and they were shocked to find him talking to a woman. But none of them had the nerve to ask, what do you want with her or why are you talking to her? And then the woman left her water jar beside the well. She left her water bottle beside the water cooler and ran back to the village telling everyone, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could he possibly be the Messiah? So the people came streaming from the village to see him. Skip to verse 39. Many Samaritans from the village believed in Jesus because the woman had said, he told me everything I ever did. When they came out to see him, they begged him to stay in their village, so he stayed for two days, long enough for many more to hear his message and believe. Then they said to the woman, now we believe, not just because of what you told us, but because we have heard him ourselves. Now we know that he is indeed the savior of the world. Ordinary day, doing her normal thing with the normal stuff that's in her hand to do. And Jesus busts in on that. <laughs> and she was there for it. She didn't run back. She didn't leave. She leaned in. She got everything that she could from Jesus in that moment. And she went back and told every single person in the village about him. And a whole community of people came to know who Jesus was because of that moment in time. Ordinary things. She was just going about her daily stuff. And Jesus found her there. There could be books in the Bible written about Alice doing an ordinary thing. And Jesus busts in on it. 
and 12 people come to know Jesus as a result of her conversation with them. Like, let's personalize some of these stories for a minute. You have the same things, <laughs> the same access that the people in the Bible had. You too could bring your lunch and share it with a few other people. You too could pick up whatever it is that you wield on a daily basis and eradicate the devil from somebody else's life. You too could do anything with the things that God has put in your hand. There is greatness within you. The providential hand of God will meet you there. Don't be afraid to be ordinary. Take your water water bottle to work. Have a conversation with someone. Bake someone something. Go fishing with some people. Go build something. Go sit under a tree. Ordinary things. Jesus busts in on that and a miracle takes place. I wonder if the team can join me. I wonder if, you know, we could be brave enough tonight to pray. Hey, God, here's my ordinary. Could you stop thinking it's not enough? Could you start realizing the gold that God has placed within you? The unique talents and gifts, the very things that he's put in your hand? I can probably 100% guarantee they weren't given just so that you could enjoy them. They were given so the people around you could benefit too. Help me to see, God, what you see. Help me to see this ordinary, everyday thing that I do as a vessel for you, for miracles to bust for. Could I be courageous, God? Courageous enough to tell my story to a whole village of people and they have an encounter with you. You know, five seemingly ordinary things. A net, a tree, a hammer, some flour, a water bottle. But what they had in common, they were vessels for a miracle. Wielded by ordinary people. But with God, nothing is impossible. What is in your hand? What's the ordinary thing? God has placed within you that perhaps this week you could bust it out and believe Jesus is going to meet you there before I pray my final words would be the quote that I started with great ambition and conquest without contribution will be without significance what will your contribution be we stand. I'll pray for us. Take a minute. Allow the Holy Spirit to reveal those ordinary things to you right now. Perhaps it's something you've overlooked. Maybe in the past, a couple of friends have said, man, you're great at encouragement. Could that be the ordinary thing you wield from now on? God, I pray that in this moment you would come and you would speak 
that you would just be whispering truth to our heart right now, that we have been fashioned exactly how you intended, created in your image, graced, anointed. And when we offer up our ordinary, you meet us right there. There are miracles waiting to bust forth in our everyday lives. I declare conversations in the workplace. I declare significant victories in the university. I declare in classrooms there's going to be kindness that goes beyond boundaries. I declare there's going to be generosity that just knows no limit. I declare, Holy God, that through ordinary, everyday people offering up what's in their hand, you're going to bust forth in this city. I declare, Holy God, your presence, your miraculous power, your grace into every season, into every situation. Could you remind us not to put it down, but to pick it up? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for listening to this message recorded live at Equipus Church, Denise. We pray that it blessed you. For more information, please check out equipuschurch.com.